bit. Uh, Bishop, as my introductory question to you, at this point, who would you say is your favorite to have the 101, the first pick of the NFL draft in 2022? I'm going to say maybe radical statement here. Jacksonville Jaguars do it twice in a row. Uh, next year, I think Thibodeau is going to look nice in a Jags jersey. Wow, look at that. And he threw out a name. I like that, man. And the fact that Oregon beat Ohio State without him, we'll just bring that up real fast. Um, but that's another conversation for another day. And speaking of hot garbage like the Jacksonville Jaguars, let's talk about this Thursday night primetime game. The Giants lose to the Washington football team 29-30, to 30, a great game between two not-so-good teams, in my opinion. I think Washington's got a good roster, but quarterback-wise, that's what I want to talk to you about. Is Heineke, Heineke, is Heineke good enough for Washington to be good? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what if I told you that he has the most completions from any quarterback through his first three starts ever? What if I told you that he did that with a 71% completion percentage, four touchdowns, <laughs> and one interception? And at his current pace, he is looking at 383 uh, completions at 519 attempts, nearly 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's virtually 2020 Ryan Tannehill. So the question really should be, can 2020 Ryan Tannehill win you a championship? The answer, yes. He is good enough. He has the mobility. He has the offensive line. He has the defense. And he's, I mean, here's a historical fact. 45 quarterbacks with 100 dropbacks since 2020. He is First in big time throw percentage and first in turnover rates, which means he makes big plays without putting the ball at risk. Yes, Tyler Heineke is exactly the kind of guy you want to lead your championship roster. Wow. First of all, I've never heard any of those stats. So that's that's awesome. And especially the turnover worthy play rate. That's the that's the one knock on this team with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Everybody's been talking about that. It's like, yeah, he'll throw it a lot, but you're gonna, you're gonna have your five touchdown days, you're gonna have your five interception days and everywhere in between. If Heineken can bring stability, like you said, that roster is phenomenal. That defense, especially that defensive line, right? That front seven is unbeatable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that makes Washington a formidable force. As a Cowboys fan, I actually made a bet before the season started that Washington would win the NFC East. Um, and if your stats line out, they Washington looks like they could do it. And before we jump off this, just as an aside, 2017, the New England Patriots quarterback room consisted of Tom Brady, Jimmy G, uh, Brissett, and Heineke, all of which started a game last week. So, bravo. That's so awesome. That's like one of those ESPN stats during like college football. We're like, oh, look, in 1940, all these guys were coaches together, and now look at them. <laughs> That's hey, so awesome. So let me let me pitch it to you. This is a game that really fascinated me. I was concerned coming in with the Bills. They had a lot of question marks. But the second the second game on the docket was the Bills versus the Dolphins. Bills beating them 35 to nothing. Let me ask you, three teams are one and one on the AFC East. Probably the most balanced team uh, conference right now. What is the Bills team? How good are they? Yeah, this is super tricky, right? Because this is it's 35 to zero. Tua goes out early, but Brian Flores is a defensive coach who can't slow down the Bills, which is like Got super slowed down last week, you know, by, you know, a good Steelers defense. Um, here's what I'm going to say. They dominated on the scoreboard. And Josh Allen went 17 of 33, 179, two touchdowns, one pick. And then Diggs goes 4 of 60 with a tutty. So this is like, that's I mean, okay, right? That's okay. Um, there's something special about that. If you had Josh Allen in fantasy, you're super bummed that that little slide he had at the end didn't get him into the end zone, right? You're super bummed about that. Um, and so I think... I think they're really, really good when they can beat teams that soundly 
without having someone just absolutely go off, right? When all of a sudden Zach Moss has two rushing touchdowns and Devin Singletary finds a way, the balance of that, which we have, the Bills are the opposite of balance, right? For them to have that, man, I, I actually, this game said a lot to me in their ability to, yeah, we can win even when Josh Allen is okay. Um, and that's that's been the biggest question from 2020 that's carried over to 2021 for me. Yeah, yeah. so I'm all in. I think they're going to win the division, man. I really like that was that was a big time domination yesterday. I don't think it was that hot, right? Mac Jones looks okay. Um, Zach Wilson looks. Mac Jones. I know. I think Mac. I I watched the game. They scored 25 points after getting a lot of interceptions. But we'll talk about that game later. Um, I thought they looked. I think he looked okay in that game. Um, but anywho, man, did you have anything to add to that game? No, just that I, I think Sean McDermott's being slept on a coach of the year prospect. Um, yeah. Phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, but they got to stay hot, man. That loss in week one wasn't great uh, to a Steelers team that no one's projecting a whole lot out of necessarily. Uh, so we'll keep this ball rolling. The Ra- Speaking of that Steelers team, the Raiders beat the Steelers 26-17. Henry Ruggs finally looks awesome on a deep bomb touchdown. Focusing on the Steelers here, can the Steelers win games in 2021 with Big Ben throwing 40 passes? Yes. Can they? Yes. Uh, The Steelers have done it several times over his career. I mean, in 2014, he threw the ball almost 40 times a game, went 11-5. 2017, 12-3. 2018, 9-6-1. 2020, 12-3. I mean, he he can do it. He has done it before. The question I think we should be asking is, will he? And that is a resounding no. He doesn't have it in him anymore. His arm is dead. Uh, we're seeing yeah. it deteriorate. We saw it at the end of the stretch last year when his ADOT was dropping, when he started off 12-0 and and then couldn't complete a 14-yard out route to Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> it, he didn't have yeah. the endurance to end out last season. I don't think he has even to start this season. It will not surprise me by week seven. This is kind of my hot take, if you want to even say that, that he is injured and Dwayne Haskins, assuming he ever actually you know recovers from COVID, gets back in there. And I think I think they actually have a legitimate shot, a better shot even, with a strong-armed, risk-taking quarterback like Dwayne Haskins than Ben Roethlisberger this year. Yeah, that's a hot take to say that any team has a better chance with Dwayne Haskins than insert their <laughs> starter here. Um, so that's a little spicy, I would say. Uh, but I, I'm down with that. Like you said, like it's just that the, the noodle man. He just started, it's getting flimsy. Uh, he's he's old. He's old. He's been a quarterback for a long time, and he's taken a lot of hits to get there. He's known for holding on to the ball for a long time. Uh, so yeah, I, I you know actually he has a history, and like I agree with you, it, the history is not going to keep up. He's he's no he's no Tom Brady, you know. Um, Who is? Uh, um, one thing on the on the opposite side of that, true or false to you, Derek Carr would be the starting quarterback for at least twenty NFL teams. So like top ten NFL quarterback. Yeah, uh, true, true, true. Absolutely true. 100% true. Uh, the guy who was leading the NFL in passing yards and attempts while maintaining almost 68% completion is <laughs> going to be someone who is going to be a top 10 quarterback. Um, I, but not only that, I mean, let us let me just try to spitball some names that I think would that he couldn't beat out the starting quarterback for. Uh, Cardinals, probably the Ravens, Bills, Bengals, maybe the Browns, Cowboys, Packers, Chargers, Chiefs, Rams, Seahawks, right? And Buccaneers. I, and Bengals, Bengals with an asterisk. I, I, that's a that's a tight one. Everyone would admit it's tight. If if you know, if not the one way or the other. But I mean, outside of the stars, Derek Carr is a very very good quarterback. Um, I mean, he he's a sleepy MVP candidate. Don't sleep on that. I think he could do that. I made that claim last year at the beginning of the season. And I'm doubling <laughs> down on it. But I think they are second in the. I mean. He's leading an offense that's second in the NFL in like neutral script passing. They trust him to move the ball even when they don't need to. Uh, I think 
I think this is a different Raiders team. They're chucking it down the field, and and he looks good doing it. So, yeah, I, I really think he could use the top-ten quarterback. Man, I'm here for the Derek Carr love. I, I liked David Carr personally coming out of college. I thought he got put in the worst situation of all time. Yeah, <laughs> rip, man. Uh, and so I like this for Derek Carr. And like you said, he it seems like every year kind of at this point he's a sleepy, you know, someone that people are, you know, it's starting to put our eyes on him. Need Gruden to, hold, you know, stay good. That That's a legitimate concern is to stay good. Uh, moving forward, we got the 49ers. They beat the Eagles 17 to 11. Or the Eagles lost to the 49ers 17 to 11. What a weird game. Um, one, it's a storyline for fantasy communities. So I want to kind of talk about it here. What can we expect for Brandon Ayuk? What, what's going to happen with him going forward? So I don't think that's just a fantasy conversation. I mean, the reality is last year he had the breakout. He looked really good. Yeah. He was a key part of the offense. He is the guy, by the way, that stretches the field and is the deep threat target that right. can catch the contested catch. Debo Samuel, for all that he's good at, is not bad. So I think uh, I think this is a very important football question around the culture of the 49ers. The answer is I have no earthly idea because what the heck does <laughs> Shanahan do? The dude is insane. Um, I honestly think to make a comparison, I don't know if you guys have been following what's going on in Alabama with Jaleel Billingsley, super awesome mm-hmm. tight end, just yeah, disappeared wow, because wow. of behavioral issues. Yeah, um, I think there's behavioral issues happening behind the scenes here that we're not seeing with Brandon Ayuk. That's the only logical explanation I have. And I think until he gets on the good side of Shanahan and until they don't, I mean, they don't need him right now when they need him. I think he gets on the field, but right now Trent Sherfield is looking fine. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be a couple more weeks before we can really see him consistently unless whatever is going on changes, but the brand I use saga is going to be something to follow. What are your thoughts on it? Man, did I, I, the same thing, right? It's basically that was like, if I'm going to put it succinctly as I don't know, I I have no clue. Um, if it's attitude, how long does that, how long do you say that? Like, it's a grown man. How long do you keep this against a grown man? Right. Um, whenever, if like, he's getting, like, you're getting paid to to win games. And if you get to a point where you're not, your receivers aren't cutting it, what happens? You know, um, I think a fun conversation is who gets to a 50% snap share first, Trey Lance or Brandon Ayuk. I think that's going to be a fun conversation to look at. And it might be simultaneous, honestly, uh, to try to help Trey Lance out whenever he does go out there. Um, so yeah, who knows? Time will tell, but that's why I wanted to go to you, man. That's a, uh, it's a conversation worth having conversation speaking, worth having. Speaking of some things that have really like uh, some news items that have really kind of shocked the world. The Panthers are yes. looking phenomenal Let's beating go. the saints 26 to seven. Are the Panthers yeah. legit, man? I think so. I really do. I, I love, so Sam, this is so good for Sam Donald. This is so good for him. Um, I'm just, I'm happy he's getting this opportunity, right? You're surrounded by talent. You've got Christian McCaffrey when things go south. Like this, I'm so happy for him. Um, their front seven's playing well. Um, one of these, you know, they did play the Jets in week one, which I think they're, but their defense actually seemed to, I mean, they didn't give up. They give up very few points when it, with their quarterback threw four picks last week. You know, I think they actually look pretty, pretty good. Um, Pro Football Focus has the Panthers rated at number five overall. Now, PFF, you know, people have their problems with them. But this, I mean, they they do more research than I do, honestly. You know, they've been at this like they get paid to do. Um, they're in the top five and three defensive categories. Overall defense, run defense, and coverage. They're top 15 in four offensive categories. Overall passing, receiving, run blocking. And total offensive yardage per game, they're 14th, right? So, like, they're worst, the worst of the stuff is around average, right? Um, and total yardage allowed per game, their defense is first in the league it doesn't matter who you're going against that's impressive let alone going against the saints who had like a bajillion points the week before maybe not the yards but they had the points um and so this is when i'm looking at this squad man i from top to bottom front to back this is the team that's going to be able to compete and i mean 
Like, obviously, they're not they're not better than the Bucks. I don't think they're going to win the division. But to be a wild card team with this, all, you know, kind of a young, aspiring offense is something that I think Panthers fans should be really excited about. And the last time they won a Super Bowl, they were a wild card team. So hold hold that one in the back pocket. Jake DeLome, quarter, I guess, went to Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that is a that is a hot take. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I have some thoughts on the Panthers, but we'll come back to that later in the show. Um, and a team going the opposite direction, it seems like the Jets uh, lose a pretty bad uh, game to the Patriots. Zach Wilson yeah. looked rough. Uh, they lost 25 yeah. to 6. Uh, what are the takeaways for Wilson and the Jets after that loss? Look, man, his first five passes, none of them hit the ground, right? Um, <laughs> two, it's just that uh, three of them went to the Pats, uh, and that wasn't great. <laughs> uh, you know, and the first one, we've all seen the highlight when McCordy like, bats it over to his teammate. That, you know, like, there's, there's some stuff that it happens, right? Uh, the second one and the third one, the second and fourth one were the kind of the worst ones. Uh, it's just kind of, and the, I don't know, some of it gets out there. For me, Robert Salah said it great. He went, uh, it's okay to be boring. Talking about his quarterback, he said that. Um, and I think that's just so true. He, it seems like he's always trying to make the big play every single time. Um, and so this is, and this is where I get hot. So I want to get hot take here. Like, I think if he's on the Cardinals with an offensive-minded coach with those weapons, I think he's Kyler Murray. Huge arm, wants to make all the plays, mistake prone a little bit. Like, I, I actually see a lot of comparison between him and Kyler. Obviously, I don't think he's quite as athletic as Kyler. We're talking about a guy who's a first-round draft pick in two sports, right? This is the real deal. Um, but I, similar, similar, and it's similar in the way they play the game. Um, and so there is a ceiling that he, that still I still have optimism for. But holy moly, we saw the floor on Sunday, and it was it was a really low. It was a basement. That was not great. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on there. I actually have been the biggest. I started as one of the biggest uh, Zach Wilson haters, and I've come to be one of his like truthers. I think he has it, but there's been other guys that have had it and never panned yeah. out. So I think yeah. he's he's up in the air. Uh, the Kyler Murray comparison is interesting, obviously with a lot less rushing um, upside, but. I think Zach Wilson does have the mobility to stay alive in the pocket, and he has those eyes that I don't know what else to put it. There's some there's some players, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you have like Mahomes, these guys that just know where the big play is gonna be. Now, right now yeah. he's making the wrong choice, but once he gets that figured out, he's gonna be dangerous. Yeah, I don't hate that man, and we'd love to see it sooner rather than later to let Elijah Moore eat because that dude is too talented to not be scoring touchdowns. Uh, moving, I agree with we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, that's what we're saying. Uh, let's move this forward. The Broncos versus the Jags. Broncos win by 10, tw 23 to 13. Um, what a fun game. Uh, my question to you after we highlighted last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the Jags. Uh, so my question for you this week is the Broncos are 2-0. Can Teddy Bridge lead this team to a wild card in the AFC? Uh, I put East, but I meant the West, AFC West. Yeah, absolutely. Um here are the teams with higher passer rating percentage over Denver. You ready? Seattle, Kansas City, Arizona, LA Rams. So you have Wilson, Mahomes, Murray, and <laughs> Stafford as the only wow. quarterbacks with a higher passer rating right now than Teddy Bridgewater. That's that wild. would be it. I mean, that's insane to me. Um, yeah. I mean, we're looking at 47 for 53. 47 for 53 <laughs> on passes under 15 yards. He is dissecting what the defense gives him. Uh, yep. Denver is top 10 in the NFL by yards after catch. That means every time he's dishing it off to these wide receivers, they're athletic enough to make something happen. Yeah. KJ yep. Hamler, uh, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, these guys can they they can break a big play. In fact, yep. 
I'm one of the biggest KJ Hamler truthers in the world. <laughs> yeah, you are. Tell you, he is one 50 catch yard drop away from being a guy that we're in conversation about. So athletic. That offense is so stinking athletic, and that defense is incredible. Yeah. Truly, I mean, like generationally incredible. They are top wow. five in every major uh, statistical category. Rush yards allowed, rush yards per game, pass yards allowed, pass yards per game, points allowed, points per game, total yards, total yards per game. And this is the stat that blew my mind. Their defense has allowed as many uh, drives that end in points, seven, uh, 16% of wow. the offensive drives end in points, that they do turnovers, meaning there is an equal chance when an offense takes the field that they're going to score or turn the ball over. That has only been true of four defenses <laughs> since the year 2000. This is a generational talent, and I think we're wow. sleeping on how good that team could be. Teddy Bridgewater is exactly the quarterback they want. Not turn the ball over, super efficient. Sure, they're going to punt a lot, but when you have a defense that literally has equal opportunity to get a turnover as it does to give up points, that's what you're looking for. I absolutely love this team moving forward. I think wildcard is definitely in the range of outcomes. Yeah, it sounds like they uh... – the old Buckeyes coach, Jim Trestle, right? If it ends in a kick, it's a good drive, right? Um, but that's and, but this is why they chose Teddy Bridge over Drew Locke, right? Drew Locke's cool. Drew Locke's fun. Drew Locke would probably throw more highlight plays than people would be talking about Denver more. But it, because they're 0-2 or 1-1, not because they're 2-0 and looking hyper-efficient. So I completely agree. This is the right decision. Bringing in Teddy Bridge was a big move for them. Um, and I've been, I've, been, I've been impressed. Teddy Bridge is doing that thing, man. And we'll see how it looks, you know, as they go against better opponents without Judy. Um, but I like the offense, man. I'm liking what I see. Uh, now let's talk about your favorite team, the the Cleveland Browns. They beat the Houston Texans 31-21. A little, a little bit of a close one. A little bit closer than it should have been, in my opinion. Um, I want to I want to talk about the Browns defense. This is a defense I was hyping up a lot. It's like this defense is second to none. Like this is the real deal. And they give up 21 to Houston, and they, they're just looking okay. So my question is to you, why is this Browns defense disappointing me? Why, why, help me see, like, let's talk through this. Yeah, let's talk through it. Um, let me start by saying I don't know. Um, they have been good at shutting <laughs> good down the run. Like, extremely yeah. elite at shutting down the run. Did you know that up to this point, they've only allowed three yards in attempt, which is like third best That's in awesome. the NFL. They, yeah. And by the way, as an aside, Jadavion Clowney, that, has, that whole – Defensive linebacking core has been phenomenal. Uh, when we when we traded out Schobert, there was a lot of concern there. Obviously, nothing to worry about. Uh, rush fine. defense has been phenomenal, but they are allowing scores on fifty five percent of offensive possessions. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, and so that has got to stop. And part of the reason why is discipline. As you're watching yeah. through these games, they have 15 missed tackles this year, and six of those should have been for loss, meaning there were six plays that could have been ended in the backfield, but by a lack of discipline, mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but on a sample size of two games, that could be a huge swift. I mean, a shift in, in momentum. You think about it like this. If it's a third and three and someone has an opportunity to get a tackle in the backfield that ends up going for five yards, that's a punt drive instead of a field goal drive. And all of a sudden, this percentage goes down. These moments are key and crucial, and the Browns just don't have the discipline and or the drive right now that that you need to see from the elite defense. And by the way, I also think it's not just the players. There's no aggressive play calling. It's way too conservative. They're only blitzing 22% of the time. 22% of the time. I mean, you you cannot be effective in getting to the quarterback on 22% of the blitzes. And not only that, when they are blitzing, it's not working. They've called 16 blitz plays, and in those 16 plays, they've only gotten three quarterback hurries. They're not getting to the quarterback. Wow. They're not getting three only pressure. three hurries. Wow. We've got to start getting aggressive. And 
if we don't, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. And honestly, it starts with Miles Garrett. He's missing 20% of his tackles. And he's broken containment 21% of the time that it's his responsibility to to have the edge. You cannot be an elite superstar when you cannot make the play. So buckle down, Cleveland. That's, I mean, this defense has been super disappointing. Yeah. Do you hear that, Miles Garrett? Bishop Darby's going to come over to your house. He's going to tell you that you need to set the edge. You got to set the edge, man. Ohio State fans know it after going against CJ Burdell, and they're tired of watching it on Sundays, too. Bro, how many times are you going to get that dig in? <laughs> as much as I can, because I never get to. <laughs> you know what? Vulnerable they've looked. We are, we are abruptly changing the subject. Yeah. So the Bears and Bengals, speaking of the Buckeyes, you got Justin Fields making an appearance as the Bears went 20-17 to 17 against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. How concerned are you about Joe Burrow's play this year? Yeah, so we got the transfer in of uh, Justin Fields going against the transfer out of Joe Burrow. Ohio State fans can claim them both, I guess. Uh, they like to do that. Um, so how concerned am I for Joe Burrow's play? We'll make this quick. The Bengals have given up 190 yards rushing total after going against Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery. And I know you asked me about a quarterback. Stay with me. Um, they're giving up 3.39 yards per rush as a defense. Was As we just highlighted, three is really, really good for Cleveland's defense. Add in a third of a yard, it's still really, really good for Cincy's defense. Um, they gave up only 13 points last week, you say, but they lost to, to 20. Yeah, there was a pick six in there, right? They, they, this, this defense is, has been phenomenal, and they lost. Joe, the three picks from Joe Burrow are the reason that this team lost, Like that, that you cannot turn the ball over. That, like okay, let's 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 put this out there. We're talking about this is off the dome. The Bengals win that game yet on Sunday if they have Teddy Bridgewater starting, because he doesn't turn the ball because he wouldn't turn the ball over, and that's all there is to it. And with the defense playing like this, you don't have to try to make the big play and all these things, which is weird because he has three picks and the whole complaint is that he's not airing it out to Jamar Chase. Just I don't I don't understand why this is that complicated, uh, but it is, and I'm I'm vastly concerned with his play in that way. Like some of the stats, you can look at it; nothing seems that egregious. I spent all day trying to find a statistic where I could point out why it's so egregious, other than the fact that he's just turning the ball over, kind of plain and simple. And if this team, if that defense is going to play even even mostly this good the rest of the season, and he has these weapons, just just find a way to just make, just keep the keep it moving, right? Kind of just, just keep it moving. Run this West West Coast style, a Teddy Bridgewater kind of style of offense, and you're gonna look great because you have probably one of the three, one of the most talented wide receiver rooms in the whole league. So I'm I'm super disappointed in him so far this season. We've got to have that interception rate drop. We have to if the Bengals are gonna compete for the AFC North. Um, man, I appreciate you asking that question. That's that's good stuff. So let's look ahead to a game. That's weird, and there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about in this one. Rams beat the Colts 27-24. Um, two teams headed in two completely different directions, despite having similar pre, you know, preseason predictions. So I want to ask you this one. Let's, let's, get, let's get namely here. What has better odds? The Rams return to the Super Bowl and win the NFC, or the Colts miss the playoffs? You asked me at the beginning of the season, and I don't know. That's a tough question. Right now, it's pretty clear. Uh, I think there are better odds that the the Rams win the NFC. Um, I mean, why not? They already have a top that's defense, uh, a top yeah. offense. I mean, that's that. But I think, yeah. you know, this is a Colts tweet more than it's a Rams tweet, right? Like, I, <laughs> at? I know. I mean, the, the Colts are just bad. I mean, they're just, yeah. they're just bad. The last time we saw their new starting quarterback – 
Jacob Eason was when he went two and five and threw an interception at the end of last season. Um, that's bad. The last time we saw great. him as a full-time starter, he was live. He was leading a middling Washington University team after being benched at Georgia four times and having to transfer out. This is not a good quarterback. With, no. When he was playing against the 43rd schedule in college football out of 100 relevant teams, he couldn't get to 65% completion. This is now an NFL quarterback. <laughs> like He is not good. I mean, Jacob Easton, if you look at his historical comps, Nate Sudfield, Mike Glennon, and Willie Tuotanama, those are his comps. And I don't like any of them, and I don't like Jacob Eason. And that offense wasn't great with Carson Wentz, who is light years better. So I'm very concerned about this team. Not to mention the fact that this O-line is – what is going on? I don't know weird. what's going on. It's weird. And whatever the heck they're doing with the rushing game. I mean, you have Jonathan Taylor, who is by far and away the most efficient runner every single time he touches the ball, and he's only getting 40%, 46% of the usage. Comparative, 36% going to Naheem Hines, 18% going to Marlon Mack, and those are on rushing attempts. We're not talking about Naheem Hines coming in on third downs wow. like we should. This is Jonathan Taylor not being on the field to run the ball. I don't wow. understand what's going on in Indy. I mean, I love Frank Wright. I think he's a great coach. I, I have a lot of questions for him right now. Obviously, I'm not there. I don't see the practices. But outside of Quentin Nelson – what does that team have to be happy about right now? I just I don't know. Nothing, nothing, man, and it's crazy. It's so dis- they're probably the most disappointing team to me so far this season. And speaking of disappointing teams, the Falcons, the offense we were expecting to explode over the first two weeks with Kyle Pitts and all of that hype, has kind of disappointed. And this week is no different. The Bucks rolled forty-eight to twenty-five over the Falcons. The Falcons are going to draft Sam Howell at the one hundred and one. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's start at last season first. So I went back and watched like some analysis people right whenever Kyle Pitts was drafted, and they were like, "Man, they're going to partner him with with Calvin Ridley and and Julio Jones." Reminder: They drafted Kyle Pitts when they still had Julio Jones, and so you're like, "Oh, they're going to they're all all their chips are in for this season. That that's where they're going." Incorrect, because then they get rid of Julio. So like, well, we're rolling with Matt Ryan, even though we're going to get rid of, you know, obviously one of the one of the best receivers of all time is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, and it, that's not good. That's not good for saying we're all in. We're all in, but we're gonna, but we're also selling our best player. That, that's not that's not how this works. Have you ever watched baseball? You know, like around July, are you buyers or are you sellers? Right? You need to know. You need to know. And then they draft Jalen Mayfield, which this this sucks because I'm a Michigan man and I love Jalen Mayfield, but PFF man. So he's the worst guard in the NFL so far, and it's not it's not overly close. His rating was a twenty six point six. The next highest, the next lowest, like a thirty something. So he's like percentage points lower than the next worst of guards. <laughs> he's the worst. What is it? Uh, he's the worst pass blocker and the third worst run blocker. An absolute boss, boss. Pull him out. I know it's been two games. Pull him out. Get somebody <laughs> else in there because you can't stand for this, man. It's so terrible. Or let him stay in and let Justin Fields be the quarterback that you should have probably taken instead if you were going to lose Julio anyway. Come on, man. You don't draft a tight end there and then lose the receiving. Uh, so – very disappointed. And then we can get more specific. The defense has given up a QBR of 131.2, third worst in the NFL. And you're like, oh, but they played Tampa Bay. Yeah, the week before that they played 
proficient with his arm, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, known exactly for his pa- passing prowess, as we saw in week two versus a pretty good defense um, without all of their secondary players because they're all hurt. Yikes. Uh, so, yeah, this defense is atrocious. Their offense will improve as their schedule gets lighter, 100%. They've gone against two good defenses so far, and the Eagles, which has one of the best front fours, and then going against Tampa Bay, right, 100%. But they've got to figure out the defense. And as long as they're giving up all these passing yards to whoever they go against, it, it doesn't matter. And I said it a second ago. If they were starting Justin Fields, I'd feel good about 2022. But because I don't, and because Matt Ryan's not getting any, and he, man, he doesn't even look good when he does have time. This, is, this isn't going to work. Sam Howell, 101, going to get the jersey ready, man. Going to Atlanta, in my opinion. Like, this is – Atlanta looks terrible. And they guess what? They get to play the Saints twice. They get to play the, the Buccaneers again. And they have to play, as we mentioned earlier, the Panthers twice. Yeah, I, this is – this isn't great. This isn't great, man. I'm, I'm all out. I'm all out. Uh, it's, it's really sad, really disappointing. Well, and if you mean instead of, uh, you know, Sam Howell, you mean Matt Corral. I totally agree. We'll see a Matt Corral <laughs> 101 in the jersey there at, at Atlanta. I think, yeah, I think we'll they're, they're going in the wrong direction um, for sure. And I'm really confused as to what their decision making is. Speaking of curious decision making, uh, the Cardinals beat the Vikings in a very close game, 34 to 33, despite yeah. some very clear Cliff Kingsbury uh, decision choices. Uh, yeah. and quite frankly, a Vikings defense that we expected to be okay and is just not. So uh, let's start here. Kyler is off to a super hot start. In fact, I'm going to interject. Probably the greatest single quarterback plays I've seen ever have happened so far this year. Some of his past have just been unreal. Unreal. But can the Cards keep it up? And can it be unlike the last couple of years where we've looked at the Cardinals and said, this is the year, and then they just fizzle out? <laughs> Can they keep it up? Yeah, shortly I'm going to say no, man. Uh, Kyler's got to stop turning it over. I mentioned it earlier. He has got to stop turning it over. Oh, how, how bad is it, Justin? Let me tell you how bad it is. This interception percentage is an abysmal 4.4%. And about one out of every 20 attempts is a pick, which doesn't sound that bad, except this dude throws the ball a lot because he's in a Cliff Kingsbury offense. His career up to this point every year has been 2.2. So, so far this year, he's doubled that. Um, his career touchdown to interception ratio is just under 2 to 1. Just under 2 to 1. Yeah, which, which is not good for any of those keeping keep score at home. The def- this defense has improved, absolutely. Chandler Jones looked amazing. We highlighted him last week, uh, bringing in J.J. Watt, you know, absolutely. But it took 400 yards, five total touchdowns, four passing to go along with his two picks, keeping his 4-2 to two ratio going, and one rushing from Kyler to overcome his own bad. Imagine, imagine a world where Kyler doesn't, you know, boring is okay, where he just takes what the defense gives him, Right. Imagine a world where he just throws for 320 and three touchdowns, maybe a pick. Then this this game isn't close. This game isn't close, man. Um, and so th- these some of these quarterbacks, uh, this is like, we've got to see a trend move away from the interceptions because these defenses are playing for the big play. It's kind of like in baseball, right? They're going for the home run now. They're, you know, no more no more ground, no more like infield singles, no more hitting it where they ain't. Try to hit it to the stands every single time. And when you're off, you're off. These quarterbacks, if they just play consistently, which is why Denver has a chance, like you were talking about earlier, they have a, just a consistent quarterback. Kyler Murray, just be consistent. You're already the most talented quarterback on the field every single time. You're already one of the greatest athletes every single time. Just be consistent. But he's not, and that's the issue. He's going to have to continue to be absolutely phenomenal to beat a mediocre Vikings team by one, and that's I'll, not great. I'll be honest. That's a phenomenal exposition. I mean, like I totally agree with everything you said. And the reality is if he keeps his four to two ratio going on, which I think he's going to, I mean, honestly, you're looking at a quarterback who throws 60 touchdowns this year. I mean, that, 
And I'm like, I, in 17 yeah. games, I, this is a crazy thing I'm about to say, so I understand it. That is not outside of the realm of possibility. <laughs> no, it's crazy. But you know what also is not outside the realm of possibility? Come that, on. that he throws 30 picks. Yeah. <laughs> that is also in the realm yeah. of possibilities. And I, great, I don't yeah. know how I feel. Uh, he's so stinking talented. And I just, I, I absolutely love him. But man alive, sometimes talent isn't everything. Sometimes you need some good scheme to back it up, which leads us nicely into the Chargers and Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys uh, are able to win 20 to 17 against the Chargers. And you know what? I'll tell you straight up that right there, that is an example of a team that needs, has all the talent, but needs some structure. Uh, The Chargers really disappointing. What are your takeaways from that game? Yeah, to highlight the structure thing you said really quickly, uh, Colin Cowherd did a great piece yesterday actually talking about just how penalized that team was and how they kind of really lost this game, and I agree with that. But since I'm a Cowboys fan, Micah Parsons was the best rusher or pass rusher in the NFL last week for PFF, and my man got dropped as a middle linebacker. He's got the green dot on and everything. It's awesome. I love it. Um, he had a 36% pass, pass, pass rush win rate. Wow, say that five times fast. I take that. Um, Zach Martin was the best offensive lineman per PFF. It's great to have him back. Um, and they overcame terrible coaching. They have a timeout left. They're on borderline field goal range. And they're like, uh, no, we're going to let the clock run down from 27 down all the way. Then we'll call a timeout and kick it with our kicker yeah. who missed two field goals last week. Because we have full faith in that. Man, if, and if you want to watch a ter- an example of someone obviously lying, watch Mike McCarthy explain why they chose to do that field goal right then. It's abysmal. Uh, it's not great. Mr. Analytics over here doesn't think that passing 10 yards to CeeDee Lamb is a great idea. Uh, so pretty frustrating. Um, it's not great. But can't be that upset. We beat a pretty good team. You know, I would say the Chargers are a good team. We beat them only scoring 17, or only 20 points. That, that doesn't happen as a Cowboys fan. No one saw that coming. If you would have told me beforehand we scored 20 points, I'd say we lose by 15. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I got. <laughs> uh, so we'll move this along to you real fast. The Titans beat the Seahawks in overtime in a crazy game. Uh, the, the Yeti carries the team on his back, 33 to 30. Why? But my question about the Titans, why can't the Titans get A.J. Brown going? We know he's talented. What, what, what's going on here? My fantasy team's got to know. Well, he's a generational talent, he, but he is leading the NFL in drops this season, and that doesn't help anyone. Uh, he is averaging 8.5 targets a game with 23% target share. Uh, that is actually an increase on his per-game basis last year. This is really, really important to understand because That's last baffling. year he had, he had less volume. Even with Julio Jones, he had less volume last year, and he's not doing anything with it. Um, I honestly think this is very confusing. When you look down, he has a 41% catch rate this year. That is concerning, especially when Ryan Tannehill is throwing 89% of catchable balls. Like this wow. is this is a super weird, confusing thing. Honestly, wow. the reason why is the scheme, because he is only getting 2.1 yards of separation per play, which mm. isn't great. Uh, in fact, that's 14th worst among qualified wide receivers. That puts him in the same category as like. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Kyle Rudolph, and Von Jefferson. He is wildly talented, but they need to let him go. What he did well last year was breaking free on play action passes over the middle and doing contested catches. And honestly, until they go back to what they were known to doing last year, I don't know if A.J. Brown is ever going to truly be unleashed. Uh, And by the way, this is what happens when you hire your tight end coach to be your offensive coordinator. The (laughs) tight ends are feasting. Anthony Ferkser looks great, but everyone else on the team looks terrible. And and honestly, it's the play calling. It's honestly, everything will change once they go back to the play action run. 
Yeah, I like it, man. And man, the Yeti, <laughs> 41 touches, man. Good for him. No, that's a great breakdown. I mean, that's good to hear, um, I guess, right? And it's like Ryan Tannehill is still doing decent, which is hard to believe that just looking at a stat line, right? That's that I'm glad. That's why we do, this is why we do the show. That's why D-Dimes matter. Um, the game of the week, maybe the game of the season already. It already happened. Reddit loves this game. If you're not on Reddit for whenever the Chiefs play the Ravens, you are missing out. This is big time. Uh, but it's a whole lot of fun. So my question to you, as Ray, he said it himself, he said, hey, I got the monkey off my back. He actually beat the Chiefs for the first time. The Chiefs lose for the first time with Patrick Mahomes in the month of September. What is the ceiling for this Ravens team? And sell me on it, whatever it is. Super Bowl. Uh, here's why. Lamar Jackson is getting more aggressive with his pass attempts, and that's what we've been waiting for for years. 17.6% yeah. of his passes are aggressive passes, which is incredible. He is top 20 in yeah, passing yards, something he's never been. 76% of his passes are on target, and 83% of them, uh, 83% of them are, are catchable. This is a, a Lamar Jackson we haven't seen before. He is passing efficiently and effectively. Uh, he has some turnovers, but if you watch them, they're actually not that bad. This is something pretty pretty remarkable that's on our hands. By the way, his his completion percentage and his uh, catchable pass percentage is within two percentage points of Patrick Mahomes this year. We're the getting goat. supreme Lamar Jackson. Not oh. to mention he's still running the ball, and their defense is still incredible. They have some a, a remarkable potential here, especially once they get Rashad Bateman into the offense, once they get Tylen Wallace up to speed, once Devin Duvernay figures out how to, how to run a route. I think this offense is really ascending, and I'm excited to see what they can do. That is their ceiling. The Super Bowl should not only be their ceiling, but should be their goal. I like it, man. I'm here for, I'm here for that conversation. I love this Ravens team, what we saw. That game was so much fun to watch. Uh, speaking of games that are fun to watch, let's carry it over to the, the Monday night game. I was watching the Mannings broadcast for this one because I think they're a whole lot of fun to, to listen to. The Pack do that thing and beat the Lions 35-17 as they have been doing since the dawn of time, it seems. Talk to me. I don't, I don't have a specific question for you. Just talk to me about this Monday night game. I think we're all sleeping on DeAndre Swift. Um, I think that's something that we've got to stop doing. I don't understand why he's only ever excelled everywhere he's ever gone. I do think that he – I think right now he's a top 12 NFL running back by his potential and ability. I think that's something that people need to remember. And I love the offense they run. It's so unique. In an era where it's all about spreading it out down the field in a four-verts concept, Jared Goff is playing this game of matriculating the ball down the field. It hasn't worked yet. I get it. But TJ Hawkins and DeAndre Swift and Maul Williams, these guys are actual ballers. And I think this offense is something. Let's let's put it this way. Bill Belichick always has succeeded by going against the grain, right? That's what he's always tried to do. And now we have a coach who's going against the grain. Everyone else is going deep. He's going short. I'm interested to see if they have the discipline to be able to continue this offense and improve it. But don't sleep on this Lions offense. It's very, very fascinating. They're a better team than I think any of us thought they were going to be. Yeah, I'm here for that, man. And DeAndre Swift is an absolute beast, and he's been a beast as long as, you know, since he started out playing football. So I agree with that, man. All right, that wraps up our, you know, the kind of the recap. Um, we're going to move on to a couple of highlights, kind of our the kind of our bread and butter, if you will, for the part of this that we really enjoy doing. Uh, Bishop, give us, I call it, we call it the Bishop's Breakdown here. My man is a paid analyst at Roto at Roto Underworld, uh, and it's really really cool. It's it's a blessing to be in this space, even in the, even in the Zoomosphere. All right, or the well, I guess we can shout out the Streamyardosphere. Uh, so take us through what you've got for us today and break it down, man. 
Well, you overhyped me, but here we go. Baker Mayfield's actually a good quarterback, everybody. He's a really good quarterback. He deserves <laughs> to get paid really big money. Don't know why everyone disagrees. He is a good, stinking quarterback. Here's why. I mean, what quarterback can you point to right now in the NFL that has an 82% completion percentage? You want to know who the only quarterback is that has a higher completion percentage? His name is Teddy Justin Jefferson, and he's not a quarterback. Uh, and so my thing is, is this guy is completing the ball down the field. He's doing very good at doing it. 534 yards in two games. I mean, he's bound for an amazing season. Just wait and see. But everyone's making a big deal. Everyone's making a big deal. Two weeks, we only have one touchdown. Two weeks, we only have one touchdown, but we have two interceptions. People don't understand the quarterback position, guys. It's not his fault. And, and if you look at it, let's play a game. How many touchdowns did he have the chance of scoring? The answer is two. And do you know how many of those he scored? Two. That is that is how good he is. The reality is, as they're going down the, the, the field, they have big plays. Those big plays put them in the top or the five-yard line. They just are not making it in the end zone. In fact, 71% of the touchdowns this year were on five yards or less rush attempts, meaning wow. Baker Mayfield's getting them into the goal line, and then they're running it in with another back. That's going to change. I mean, let's consider even just last, uh, week one, Anthony Swartz catches a huge play down the field, is able to break it for a couple of yards, gets pushed out of bounds. If he's not pushed out of bounds, he scores the touchdown, and three plays later, we're not getting a one-yard run by the fullback, and he gets that touchdown pass. This is going to change. Everyone needs to take a breath. These, This is a good quarterback and a good offense, and I do believe Baker Mayfield is a top 15 quarterback, maybe a top 10 quarterback. And I'm a Browns fan, so right now I'm feeling a top five quarterback. And I think <laughs> he is our franchise, and we need to remember that. Let's take a second and talk about these two picks, by the way, because everyone and their mother is talking about these two picks. Well, here's the deal. Look at this pick right here. We It is hero yeah. ball. Notice at the end of the clock here, we have one minute and 12 seconds left to go against the Kansas City Chiefs down four. They have to move the ball. This is a huge monumental play. What does he do? He does what every middle school quarterback has been taught since the beginning of time. Get out of the pocket if you're going to get sacked. Throw a hero play to try to make a, a play down the field and put it in a position where a defender probably can't get it. So he does. If you notice on the top of your screen here, you have Harrison Bryant lined up on a safety. This is a good old matchup. And he throws it, except for what happens. Yeah, He gets tackled. And yeah. he throws a pick. That isn't his fault. There's nothing about that that is his fault. We look at his other interception of the season, the one that everyone's criticizing him for. Look at here. The pocket has exploded. He has to get out of it. And he does because he's Baker freaking Mayfield. And here we go. Oh, wait. That's the problem that we have this year with Baker Mayfield. Hero play, hero play, hero play. These This interception kind of indi is indicative of what he struggles with, right? If he can just do what you said, play boring ball. And I think we're going to be off to the race with him. This interception, I could replay over and over and over again. And it shows the highlights and the lowlights of Baker Mayfield. Incredible, visionary, explosive, but sometimes he tries to do too much. You have Nick Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt. Just play the game given to you. Keep your 82% completion going and let it roll. So this is my favorite segment of the, the <laughs> day. We're going to pass it over to you, sir, for Justin's jackpots. If you're listening on one and a half speed, you better slow it down to one because we're going to fly through this real quick. And if you're with us live, congratulations. You get to be along for the ride in live time. Zach Martin, 
gets the yay, man. Absolutely. We've got two yays in one day. We're going to start with Zach Martin. He had a PFF graded at 95 and a half. NFL best offensive lineman in week two. My Cowboys ran over the right side all game long against the Chargers. It didn't matter who was there. We don't care. And, we, and if we play the Rams, we'll run over Aaron Donald behind Zach Martin, baby. Let's go. We're not scared as long as Tony Pollard's the one getting the ball. But that's another conversation for another time. Our $90 million running back is our $90 million running back is our second best one. It's a cool thing. Uh, moving on. Derrick Henry, the Yeti, with 41 touches, tied for 27th most all-time, only five, uh, only seven behind the all-time mark by Ladanian Tomlinson, set at 48, right? Um, this guy won't slow down. 35 rush attempts, uh, still averaged over five yards a carry. He had 41 rushes, or four, 35 rushes, and averaged over five yards a carry. The man is amazing. He's a beast. He doesn't get injured somehow. Uh, all in on Derrick Henry. And then last the the the, the, the boo that this is this is really gross joe judge i love to crap on you i'm not a fan i think you're terrible he had a fourth and three on washington's 34 and he kicked a field goal then he had a fourth and four on washington's 37 and he kicked a field goal guess what both those in a fourth quarter and he lost by one and he should have absolutely abysmal not here for that um you in, in the words of the 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 villain guy won't, won't reveal his name in the last episode of loki grow up grow up the analytics tell us you got to go for that. Everybody knows you got to go for that. This is a simple Google search. Go for it. You have Daniel Jones, which is like, he's surprisingly a great deep ball thrower, and you're not throwing the ball. You've got a deep ball target in Kenny G, and you're not pretty, uh, it's just I'm spitting. I'm frustrated. It's terrible. Joe Judge, I, I, I love, please, please, you and Jason Garrett, keep, keep coaching the New York Giants because I can guarantee my boys will be winning against that all day, every day. You can't be conservative and go against us. I'm all here for that. Thanks, son. That's how you do it right there. And let me tell you, I agree with everything you said. I mean, the Cowboys uh, are going to be celebrating as long as Joe Judge is the head coach and as long as they have that little guy named Zach Martin who is leading them and Tony Pollard, who is the uh, RB of the future. Um, yeah, absolutely incredible stuff, man. Incredible stuff. No, you're kind. You're kind. That's why we're good friends, because I like it when you gas me up. All right, guys. Hey, normally right here we would have Parker's picks, but Parker's not able to make it today. He'd give you five uh, five games betting on the spread, and they would be dynamite picks. It'd be awesome. Um, so, hey, guys. Thank you all so much for checking us out. Thanks for thanks for being here. Uh, PB&J is always a really good time. Bishop, you got anything to say for, for the people as we close it out? No, man. Put money on the Carolina Panthers. They're going to be better than you think. Look at that. I like it. And a 100% money guarantee if you if the betting is wrong. I don't know about that. That's Parker, right? That's He's the one who pays yeah, yeah, those yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Parker, thank you. <laughs>